0: And get that pre order in, and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support.
1: Much love. Thank you.
0: Hi, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves podcast. I am really pumped. To be back in your ear again this week. And you know, life is happening. There's no doubt about that, that it is always moving around us. The busyness of life can have us sort of be taken away by the momentum of it, the to-do list, the other people's needs, other people's feelings, you know, all the things that cause us to forget about ourselves, that cause us to get lost in who we think we need to be and what we think is important. And it's not to say that those things aren't important important or that sometimes being carried by the stream of life is is a beautiful thing. It's that we will often be reminded by things within our lives, you know, um what is coming up for me is A friend of mine had uh, an experience with a heart condition that he just found out about. And it just, these types of things like finding out about someone experiencing an illness or confronting death or losing a job or a relationship ending, or just simply not knowing what you're going to do or where you go from where you're at right now, all of these places Are invitations to presence. This momentum carries us out of being here about, you know, in getting caught up in, in material things and, and things that don't matter really at the end of the day, they don't matter. They do matter till they don't. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. And so I felt compelled to just invite you to that space of presence to not wait for, an external thing to remind you that you forgot about you, that you didn't deeply dive within yourself for a while. You haven't taken a walk on your own for a while. You haven't done something that's important to you in a while. You might've forgotten about a dream, about a passion, about something that matters to you. And this is just an invitation to remember. That's it. Just to remember that you matter, that your feelings matter, that what you want matters and you have the right to those things. This week's podcast is taking a bit of a different turn again, but one that I think is ever so important. And there were so many reminders in this conversation that I had of how we do one thing is how we do everything, how the patterns that we exist in in one area of our life become the patterns we exist in, in every area of our life. And That is this invitation to maybe there's more, maybe I want more. Maybe I'm not living the life I love. Maybe I'm not in the job I love. This very much is, makes us better at relating to other people because we acknowledge the truths in relating to ourselves. If we don't acknowledge the truths in relating to ourselves, then we will not be able to show up authentically and see the truths within connections with other people. Or we'll get lost in the truths of connections of other people because we're avoiding truths within ourselves. So, you know, that's, that's a whole other thing of how the external mirrors. You know, that if someone else is pursuing their passion and we get super controlling over it and fear their growth, it's usually because we haven't pursued pursued our own passions and and taken real control of our own growth. And so this conversation this week is about that invitation. It's about looking at what you do with your life. And it's going to be a real incredible episode. I'm so excited for you to listen to it because this conversation goes way beyond just your purpose it relates to everything and i invite you again to look within yourself as you hear this conversation and to also celebrate you for listening to these things for this is an act of self-love to contribute to yourself to build your level of knowledge whatever that means to realize that there are no accidents there are no mistakes that you're not listening to this by chance by accident everything is serendipitous and beautiful and as steve jobs you can always connect the dot it says you can always connect the dots looking back so let's connect them moving forward let's build the dots intentionally with love so without further ado here's this week's episode Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose Podcast. This week we're kicking in a bit of a different direction, but I would say the same direction. It just is expressed differently. Not just relationship to other people, but that's very topical in this topic, but also the relationship to our own purpose, our own soul, our own drive, who we want to be and how we want to be remembered. And this week I have the pleasure of Mackenzie Chilton, being the guest. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. I mean, I love the name of your business. Love your Mondays.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: I do. Really- because what a novel fucking idea.
1: <laughs> well, I really like to um, make people think that's for sure. And also, I like to push what we think of our, you know, Mondays a construct. So I like to get people to reframe what they can, if they can. <laughs> well, it's so funny to think
0: about how many people put like the ominous Oh, Mondays around the corner and Sundays, this sad day, you know, and it's a day of worship for a lot of people, but it's, you know, it's, it's fascinating that we sort of dread our day of going back to work, which I think historically was just normal because, you know, I think like my parents were very poor when they were growing up. So they didn't take, you know, you couldn't, my dad wasn't like, Hey, Hey, I'm just going to start an Instagram account and teach people about (laughs) relationships, you know, like, it's like, I'm going to go to work and work hard to pay for my family and my mom too. You know, so it's, we have the beautiful privilege of creating a world and a life from anywhere that has internet access, which is a lot of places.
1: Yeah. And I think that that trend is, you know, it's shifting. They say by 2030, I think that like half the half the workforce will be a gig economy. So people kind of doing what we're doing and doing a little here and there. So the traditional, like what our parents did is, is definitely shifting. And I think, you know, like everybody should be as grateful as our parents were to be working instead of kind of, you know, dreading their Mondays.
0: (laughs) Well, and so, you know, if I, I was talking to my parents about this, that, that now you can actually do whatever you want, you know, like, it's it's conceivable right.
1: that whatever <laughs> yeah. you
0: love, you know, like if you love fucking smurfs, create a Smurf blog and write about smurfs 100%. and smurf collectibles, and I guarantee there's enough people to curate a life built on smurfs, you know, and that's dope, <laughs> yeah it Seth Godin says all you need is a hundred people who really care about yeah. the thing you do, and that's enough to build a career mm-hmm. and so yeah. how does one Get from hating their Mondays to loving their Mondays. Loving
1: their Mondays. Wow. Yeah, if you could just
0: deconstruct humanity and nine to five, and
1: I got it. I have four steps. That's it. That's all it takes.
0: (laughs) Perfect. I like this. All right, everyone's (laughs) life will be completely transformed.
1: So I'll give you a little backstory because it will make more sense as we go. But basically, my journey was—you know—I wouldn't say a super unique one. I went to school for something that I. Wasn't sure about it at first. I started off in genetics because I went to school when oh, Dolly wow. the Sheep was, you know, the up and coming technology. Um, but turns out genetics can be super boring. <laughs> and no. <I> to- <laughs> no way. Labs? Yeah. And being Lab, by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first kind of wake up call into, you know, the big <laughs> shiny thing that you see in the news is the day to day life of the job. Uh <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't get that wake-up call until they're in their job, you know
0: Well, you know it's funny that first off, I would never I would have always imagined that being a geneticist would be boring. that to me would not even
1: well i think
0: I think it would be really <laughs> exciting to learn about it from yeah. someone else who's doing the research. I'd rather read the study well, than be the you're pipetter.
1: Than I was Mark
0: Oh, did you pipette?:
1: <laughs> You did pipette. Oh the hell
0: yeah! Oh,
1: mushrooms. I had to take this whole course. It was called nonvascular plants, but it was basically mushrooms. And I was sitting there being like, "That's fascinating." No, I can't. Was, do it,
0: that. was it? Was it death?
1: Like, yeah, it was just like the light. My teacher actually was like a really. She was really into it, and so she was actually one of the best teachers I ever had. But I was like, I can't. I can't talk about this at the party. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't do this all <laughs> <Yeah. product. laughs> day. People are avoiding
0: you at parties. Like, yeah.
1: I just got to go
0: get another drink, but that yours is full. Chin.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That> mushroom <laughs> chick. Um, and then, so I, you know, decided I didn't want to do that. And I had taken psychology along, you know, the whole kind of as electives in my journey. And then I found forensic psychology, which is the study of psychology and law. I always thought forensic meant death, which it didn't. Yeah. And so I got super into that, just thinking about like why do people do these like outlandish things that you know nobody I know in my personal life would ever do. Um so I ended up going to grad school for that, got my masters, then landed the dream job. So I was working um as so a yeah, counselor, that. basically. Oh. Cool but with alive people. Um, so I can't watch any of those shows though, which is so annoying because I'm like, well, that would never happen. And I'm like the worst uh-huh. person to watch those shows.
0: Yeah. And that actor always did that annoying stuff with his sunglasses anyways. This is yeah. the worst. You didn't miss anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I worked as a, as a counselor for people on parole and on probation. And so I worked with medium to high risk, violent male offenders which, sorry, mom, just like petrified for me day and day yeah, out yeah. When I was working there. Um, but honestly, I felt like I was helping people that nobody else wanted to help. I was actually making a change. And, you know, in these, these men's lives, if you heard their stories, it's not shocking how they got there, right? So, you know, society kind of, we failed them in the systems that led up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really loved, I was lucky after grad school to land a job that I loved. Mm-hmm. And then I got laid off twice Uh, oh wow criminals don't need therapy they just yeah (laughs) they just need more supervision
0: yeah they just need to be imprisoned more yeah perfect yeah so you got let fired twice just the first time was
1: oh sorry laid off yeah (laughs) i have i have gotten fired before but
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you got laid off twice
1: twice and then i had um always bartended during grad school. So I went back to that because it's like, a, it's a great job. It's super flexible. It's good money. Um, and I worked at this Irish bar on like the Gramble strip, which for listeners is like nightclub row in Vancouver. I was working one really busy night and, you know, I had to kick this, this drug guy out. I always did it super nicely. Um, and he, and he just like got right in my face and he called me a cunt. <laughs> Whoa. And I, you know, I just, I had been working a lot and I kind of threw my hands up in the air and I looked at one of my regulars and I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And that was like a huge pivotal moment for me to be like, okay, I got to figure some stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to a career counselor um, and filled out all these standardized tests, which was super boring (laughs) because I don't think that People are standardized, so it's, you know, unless you're doing research, there's room for that. But for figuring out what you want to do, I don't believe in, you know, the standardized tests. And it spit out that I should be a therapist. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, with sorry. with prisoners. Well,
1: Perfect. Yeah, very specific, no. And um, a
0: bartender on the side.
1: Yeah. So then I, you know, I was talking to my friends trying to get help, and they were, maybe they hadn't gotten laid off, but they were in a similar position of not um getting the dream job or the job that they thought they wanted the day-to-day life kind of wasn't what they expected and they didn't know how to figure it out either so i just started testing basically on them um and i went back and i got more schooling and coaching i did a program through CTI and then love your mondays came out of that
0: that's awesome and it's so interesting how what is birthed from our rock bottom, like you throwing your hands up in the air, someone calling (laughs) you the old see you next Tuesday. Like that these moments where our reality is actually reality, you know, like Mm -hmm. where we, where we meet the moment purely, there's no space for fucking around in that space. And then, and then you're like, Oh, there's more.
1: Right. I don't
0: know what it is yet, but I got to start the search, you know, like you weren't like, Oh, love your Mondays. I want to start this career coaching. It was born out of your own need for guidance when then you become the teacher you needed what a beautiful thing
1: thank you and so i i'm like a very tactical person so i want you know i want things to be fun i don't want things to be super like i don't know what the word is fluffy i'd say and just like Mm -hmm. what are the steps how do we figure it out so that's basically what i created and as a nod to that guy that pushed me there (laughs) my program is called what the f should i do Oh, that's
0: yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah. that's
1: so good so um yeah it's basically it's four different steps and i think tackling them in sequence is super important um because they build on each other so it is it does heavily involve psych i have a lot of people that leave the program after and they're like oh this is kind of like therapy i'm like yeah it's sneaky therapy you didn't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> like oh i had to look at my shit to figure out what i want to do that's yeah. so weird
1: talking yeah
0: so is the first, I guess by the time someone, you know, looks up, love your Mondays and gets there or just tap by serendipity is listening to this podcast. They're like, "Oh, I guess first step would be, I have a feeling like there's more right. or just a nudge, just like a cell in our bodies. Like, Hmm, is it possible to be happier? Is right. it possible to love my job? or I hate everything that's happening right now and I need something. Yeah,
1: and I think that know? those are the two things. So obviously, in, you know, in my case it was like, okay, this is enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a bit more rare. And so the dangerous place is where people are kind of like, meh, like it's fine. And that mm-hmm. like middle ground of people not really expecting that they can be happy at work or, you know, they're just kind of, they're not, it's not bad, but it's not great. And I think that they're. A lot of people in that in that space, as opposed to the you know people that are getting called terrible words at work and stuff like that. Yeah, because I yeah
0: that's that'll meet the moment right there. (laughs) I I think too what's fascinating is if you likely live in that ambivalence, the ambivalence of Mm -hmm. it's not so bad and it's not so good. We will likely be tolerant of that same ambivalence in our relationships because if you if you make room for it in one area of your life, you now it will just be a, you've normalized it as a behavior. So it will normalize as a behavior where, and it sounds bad to say this, but it's like, like if you've normalized settling, then that will just be normal.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. (laughs) Right, because then you've
0: disconnected from the part of you that believes anything is possible. Mm -hmm. So it's cool when the little spark starts and it says, like it either hits this rock bottom as you experienced, or it literally is just a nudge,
1: right? which just exactly.
0: gets louder and louder, let's be totally. honest.
1: until you can't not listen anymore, right?
0: That's what happened for me. I mean, for right. me, it was, I had a passion to teach relationships and I was starting to build that as I was working my old job and finding ways to actually build that skill in my old job. I was a pharmaceutical rep for people who didn't know that. And uh, so I was finding ways to build that business while I was in the other one, right. but there was a moment where I was like, I'm going to get sick if I stay in this job. Yeah. Like I have to leap, even though I had to leave a really well-paying job, lots of security, mm-hmm. a company car, all the things. Um, and my identity had been, I grew up at that company, you know, I'd worked as a rep for 13, 14 years. Wow. So, Yeah. So it was like this huge leap where it was, I had to let go and trust in everything. Everyone said, you know, Um, like just follow your passions and you'll make money. And it's like, okay, that's cool.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that that's good that you surround yourself with those people because there is a lot of other people that tell you all the things that could go wrong in a, effort to protect you in a way like, you know, do you know that I had
0: those people too. let's yeah, not? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, people are like, you're gonna leave that job. Why would you do that? You know, I, I was, bel- I think, in a lot of ways, blessed that I didn't have a family to take care of, right? Because I would just have add another level or layer of pressure of guilt of systemized, cool. you got to stay in this yeah. space.
1: And I think that that's interesting too to look at how your identity is tied to what you do and then how that impacts your relationships right
0: yeah when I quit being a rep I I remember crying yeah because I was like who am I anymore like I've always introduced myself with that work and then as soon as you introduce yourself with that work then all of a sudden people go oh I have this idea of what a rep is and Oh, charismatic, funny, blah, 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 blah. Makes a good living. Is going to be a good provider. All these ways that we want to identify.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that, that in itself is scary for people to make a shift from leaving the job that they're in. If they, if they hate it, because they're like, well, who am I then in this next unknown world?
0: (laughs) What am I going to complain about? Tell my other friends who hate their job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, there's no shortage of people like that. Um, I, we all know someone that hates their job, right? I can. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. For but 100%. It, but it's those people that are willing to do something about it that make the shift. And it was actually my dad that was like, you either need to do something or you need to accept it. And so it's like, sh- like, shut up, stop complaining. <laughs> and you know, and that's kind of how he's always, he's always been throughout his life. And he'll either reframe it to make it something that he enjoys and loves, or he'll, he'll change, you know, change the situation. So
0: Hmm, yeah, laying it down. (laughs) So what, what then is once someone's just said, okay, I want to find out more, I want to discover where I might go to love my Monday. What is the next step? What's the first step?
1: The first step is basically getting the two things that hold people back kind of out of the way. And that's your mindset. So making a change is super hard, right? So having certain things with your mindset and then looking at your money. So a lot of people are worried about leaving their jobs because they're like, oh, well, what if I don't make enough money and job security and stuff like that, right? So by nailing down those two things, and I have like certain exercises for, you know, what are the things that you need to be stressed out about? So you can pick any set of three numbers. I have like a kind of a funny backstory for mine, but so I use 666. And so it's just super oh, easy for me. Nice. <laughs> it started because uh, when I was like 17, I started, I worked at a heavy metal bar and the manager was like, the cutest little blonde, blue eyed, innocent girl, didn't know idea thought it would be hilarious to give me the login number of 666. So that's, Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's so good.
1: So That's always carried with me. But as I was going to school, I was you know, taking psychology and then I, I was still working at the restaurants. And if you've ever worked at a restaurant, it's super high pace. Customers are yelling at you, bartenders, back of house, management's making sure everything's okay. So it can be super stressful. So as I would log in, I'd have to log in 666. And so I applied my psychology to that, like, is this going to matter in six minutes? No, probably not. Most things don't get through that filter, but we'll hold on to them. Right. And then is it going to matter in six days? Also probably no. And then is it going to matter in six weeks and six months? And those things are the things that we want to look at.
0: Hmm. So 666 six, six, six. is this the number that you use in yeah. your program too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's and so I'm awesome. Like, I'm not a devil worshipper. You can pick whatever number numbers you want, but that for me was Well, I think it's that's a
0: productive number to Well, it's such a productive number to also challenge your constructs of like a number has power over me. Like right. just yeah. even that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You know? Whenever I see 666, I'm like, oh yeah, there's that number.
1: There it is. Well, now you'll think of it differently, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting (laughs) way to reframe it, but also to call ourselves out to presence.
1: Right. We're
0: truly being present. So, okay. So the first part is to let go.
1: To let go. Look at what's really stressing you out. Because, you know, when you're stressed about one thing, everything seems stressful and now you're upset, you know, that your bathroom's dirty, but like, that's actually Mm -hmm. not that stressful in life. And then really, really taking a look at your, your budget and your money and how much you want to make to live that, you know, that dream life. And a lot of people don't actually figure out that dollar amount. Is that step two? That's step, That's part of session one. in step Okay. Two, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then it's talking, and then, then, then I talk about boundaries and I know you do a lot of work on that, but it's learning when to speak up and then when to shut up. So you have people in your life that are going to be super supportive of you. And when you're making a change, um, it's good to start talking about it, right? So if you're going to mm. quit your job in six months, but you don't tell people until the week before. Um, and one of, my, one of my clients was an accountant, and then he became a bee farmer. Like he wanted to make honey.
0: <laughs> that's so cool.
1: That's so cool, but that's like a really big job flip, right? So people were like what are you doing because he didn't tell them that he'd been thinking about this for two years he told them (laughs) as he quit his job and was starting so everybody thought he lost his mind
0: they're like oh my god he's gone off the deep end he's gonna go raise bees
1: yeah and so I think it's important for the people in your life especially in your close relationships to let them in to what's going on for you at work so that all of a sudden you're not you know dropping this news on them that they have no idea. And then on the flip side of that, you need to know when to shut up when those people maybe around you aren't being super supportive.
0: Yeah. And tell, and they're not the people you go to if they're doing that, you know, like, oh, I need a cheerleader. I'm going to go to that person who criticizes everything I do, you know, but we often are trying to get approval from them. Mm -hmm. They're probably people we've been trying to get approval from our whole lives. And I find it fascinating that in that experience of expressing because we've claimed something that's likely been true for a long time, even if it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm going to claim my own need, my own want, my own passions. If we tell our partners, for example, or our parents or whoever, and they are reactive to it, they actually have the right to react and get curious in that. Yes. wait, they might be fearing you're destabilizing your relationship, that you're growing away from them, that they're, but we often then take their natural reaction to this mm-hmm. massive change as rejection of it, which it right. can be sometimes.
1: It can but be, it's like, an excellent point.
0: Yeah, I think like inviting the conversation, because you know, when you discover something that's really beautiful about yourself that you own, and then mm-hmm. you declare it, and then someone doesn't first love it right away, we're like, oh, we, we want to like throw them out right sometimes we do have to throw them out but not always
1: no and i think that that's why you need to start having those conversations a bit earlier in the whole process to invite Um, them
0: to be part of this discovery this experience that's a really good point okay so that's cool so start talking about it don't talk about it with people (laughs) who are going to
1: yeah, Slowly and, and I think it's having to have those conversations. So when, you know, I left a government job, so it was a pension, it was benefits, it was all these things that my parents were like, why are you leaving this? And I had to have a serious sit down with them. And I said, I've looked at my boss's job and I don't want that. I will not be happy if I stay here. And so, you know, then, the, and this was another government job. This was a policy job. Oh. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the pipetting.
0: it's like the pipetting of government yeah
1: <laughs> but so they you know they had to have a serious like they were so concerned and worried about me about it but that was their you know everything that they thought and i had to say like i'm doing this you need to support me and i hear your concerns of course i've already you know you know me i've thought of all the negative things that could go wrong already but I need you to zip it and let's go on this whole entrepreneur roller coaster, please. <laughs> and they've it's been, such and they've an been adventure. great. Oh, and they've been great though, since. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So let go of the change your mindset, let go of the things that are in the way, have conversations, start talking about it. Don't talk with people you don't want to talk with. And then what's next?
1: And then figure
0: out your moolah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How much do you want to make? And what do you need in order to leap? essentially. Yeah, is that exactly. right okay and
1: I okay. some people when they quit their jobs just you know flip the desk and walk out and they'll figure it out and they thrive on that quick kind of action I didn't I needed, like, no I needed a runway right so I saved I am, enough money for six months so I didn't have to make any money in six months before I quit
0: that's amazing I remember my my job had flexibility so I was able to you know work more during the day or at night I could you know it was it was flexible anyways the I remember going to a talk from uh, Lisa Nichols, and she said, Make your current employer the investor in your dream.
1: Ooh, I love that.
0: Yeah, that's what I (laughs) needed to hear. Cause I was like, Do I quit my job? Do I start this other thing? Do I? And she was like, Stop.
1: (laughs) Just (laughs) just...
0: (laughs) use the system. Like play in the system so that you can use the system. This is why you have the job you have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's such a good point.
1: Yeah. And what skills can you learn at your current job that'll help you as well? the money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like they help pay for my education to go back and do positive psychology as part of my personal development at work. I mean, there was a lot of cool things that they, I mean, they didn't know that they were, yeah, they didn't know they were investing in my departure. Right. (laughs) Hey, system.
1: System. And then the next like big step is looking at your values and that's basically Mm -hmm. a huge thing and this is the most transformational piece just for people's lives in general and this is where they're like oh this is kind of like therapy i'm like yes it's sneaky therapy (laughs) because what happens is you know we're, we're going to work um and we're even in our relationships and we don't know what we care about and that's essentially what your values are right and you're doing all these things and then you get sick, you get tired or you're just kind of blah and you think it's, oh, it's the winter season and, you know, putting it on these other things. But in fact, you're just not operating in alignment at all because you don't even know what they are, mm. right? So I think like really figuring out what's important to you and that's what your values are and how to inject those things into your daily life is obviously important for you as a person, but it also impacts your work because if you don't have if you don't have your values nailed down then you're going to potentially go to another job and then in 2 years you're not going to like that job and then you're going to go to another job and because you don't really know what lights you up and you don't really know what you care about
0: that's so healing for people who are codependent For people who make everyone their life about everyone else's needs, for the messages that women have been sent, moms Mm -hmm. have been sent about this. Like, if you grew up with a high needs person in your family, an alcoholic, an addict, or someone even with a chronic illness, then your life will be centered around taking care of other people. And so, as an adult, when someone asks you, like, what do you value? You'd be like,
1: uh, right. Because you have to discover that.
0: Yeah. Everyone else's values became yours. You're enmeshed with the world. And it's such healing work to do what you're doing with them because all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, my passion's what I was told it was supposed to be. Or everyone in my family is a doctor. Or right. we have a family business and you just naturally go into it. And it's like, yeah. but I don't want to. Oh, but you don't ever get what you want. So fuck it. Go back. Be a doctor. You know, not that there's anything wrong with being a doctor, <laughs> but there is if you don't want to be. Right. You know.
1: And I think that that you know it's like behavioral dissonance, essentially, we're going today to work every day, and we don't like it, and so our body and our brain is telling us, you know stop like why are you doing this thing and it'll it'll make you sick and it'll make you tired and it, because it wants you to stop doing this thing that you don't like,
0: yeah, you wonder why you're grumpy, you wonder why you're putting on weight, why you're depressed, why you don't wonder actually, you know you just don't <laughs> want to admit it, you know, but that's a real big step is to like really, as you we were talking about earlier, meet the truth and and own it and hold yeah. it, you know, and be like, I'm actually unhappy. And that's true of any aspect of our life. It doesn't have to be just work.
1: No, and weird, I mean, that's the biggest feedback too, is that, you know, once you do this value work, it, it overlaps into how you raise your kids and how do you, how are you as a partner? Because now mm. you're excited about these other things and and you can, And so that's sometimes when I say like, maybe it's not the job, maybe it's, it's you. And so that's, this is that piece that I think that there's two things that you can. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Call it, call it like it is, you know?
0: Wow. That's a real good mirror to truth. Maybe it's not the job. Maybe it's you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that shifting, because we think that once we get the raise or once we get the I don't know, corner office, I always say, but I don't think that's a thing people strive for necessarily anymore. Once you now get people
0: that, are like, now you get the once you get the home office, that's different. Yeah, that's the yeah. new that's the new corner office.
1: Yeah. <laughs> once you get that, then I'll be happy. And mm. I think we really have to start working on becoming happy first and happy now. Um, there's a really good TED talk by Sean Ackor. I'm sure you know he's oh, yeah. a psychologist. Yeah. 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 And it's called The Happy Secret to Better Work. And he, you know, he did all these studies and stuff, but basically it's like getting happier first. And there's certain things that you can do to create that for yourself will not only get you to love your job more, but it'll open up all these other windows and options for you because you can see them instead of being stuck in your complaining kind of gray world.
0: (laughs) What a convenient, wonderful Predictable world that is, though. Yeah. What are you going to do when you can't complain about work anymore? You'll have to talk about things you like. What the fuck will you do then? (laughs) I love all this crossover, though, because, you know, when you think about the what is like, if it is you, if it is (laughs) your own experience, I mean, there's so much responsibility
1: in that. Right.
0: You know, and and, and and ownership.
1: People that are, you know, really ready to make a change will be the ones that. Get out of that that gray, unhappy, complaining area. But you have, you have to want to do it, right?
0: You ha- exactly. Like no one's going to change your life for you. No one's going to hand you a fucking job. Like, no. and and if someone hands you a job, it's not going to be one you want because you're still going to be operating in a space of not loving your life. You know, in relational research, it's not people in relationships who have who are happy. It's happy people who have happy relationships. And we exactly. have this. When we have this misnomer that it's like, when I get the partner, then I'll be complete because someone will have chosen me. So, oh, well, then I'll have validation that I'm worthy of being chosen. And it's like, one, no one wants the responsibility of your self-worth. That's the most unattractive thing in the world. Okay. And two, that it's that means it can leave you. As soon as you place it on anything outside of yourself, you can lose it. And that's this beautiful work that is cultivating a purpose from within what are your values? How do you want to live? How do you want to be remembered? And you know my friend is getting open heart surgery this week, and he's young, and it's you know due to a birth experience to something from he he was born with and it it just really points out, like I can't say enough that you do not have fucking time
1: no like I agree. T-
0: having time is just. A, a thought. It is not real. Like, none of us are promised a day past right now. Yeah. And when you actually can just own that truth, then everything that's important becomes very real and responsibility for your life becomes very real. Mm-hmm. And it, when we have this opportunity to wake up and say, I want to love my Mondays, what does that look like? What a beautiful beginning to a journey to a yes, different journey you. and you don't know where it's going to take right. you.
1: Yeah. And, th- and I think that um disattachment to it is really important too. Because some people be like I think that I really want to be, you know, either a realtor or this and they get super attached to those two ideas. And so just looking at it as a journey um is really important and hopefully it doesn't take something really scary in your life like what's happening with your friend to kind of wake you up, you know? I think often then that time it's, it's way later in life. And then you'll be saying, you know, I wish I did it sooner.
0: Yes, exactly. And you'll be looking back going, there was this moment when I could have chosen, Mm -hmm. but don't get stuck in that moment. Choose now, you know, it's just the reminder. And I know in research where people have a a heart attack and they get a stent. So like a Mm -hmm. little mesh thing that goes in your artery for people who don't know what that is and blows it back up. So it's normal. That you literally have met death when you have a heart attack. When you get a stent, you would be dead if you didn't get this thing for the most part. And even in those studies in two years, only 10% of those people actually changed their life long term. Really? 10%. So these are people who are like, you know, we think death is the ultimate motivator.
1: Right. Death is
0: not the ultimate motivator. It's a short term motivator. Mm. They change for about three to four months, but most things that cost the healthcare system the most money are actually lifestyle related, Mm -hmm. or, you know, relationships to food, smoking, exercise, all those things we all know about. Um, So most things are preventable in some level, Mm -hmm. but people don't change, which it shows you that it's like, what is the ultimate motivator of change? It's, it's like moving towards feelings of how you want to feel. Yeah. Those are the most permanent ways of of being motivated. And I think once you just decide enough is enough and it doesn't have to be a lot, like you don't have to wait (laughs) to get hit by the C train like happened to you, you know, you can literally just be like, you know, I could just be a bit happier. And, and we often think like, because we hear this from grandparents and parents and you know, I just think of like your class, my, my mom's an immigrant, and I just think of that classic line, just be grateful for what you have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, but wait, I want more. Yeah, but be grateful for what you have. You shouldn't need to want more. And it's like, but wait, there's a difference between scarcely needing to cling to more. Yeah. And that's the way I find my worth versus I dream of this really big thing. Big thing.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. And I'm still very grateful for what I have.
0: Yeah. Like you could be in the bridge in both and it's... Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we ask kids about what they dream and what they want to be, and then when you're an adult and you say I want to do that thing, they're like, "That's not realistic."
1: No, and that and is you're like perfect segue to step three. What is it? <laughs> we want to start dreaming like little kids.
0: Oh, what a good freaking step that is! I
1: not even know. So,
0: how do you start doing that? Because I'm, I imagine so many people have detached from their little kid.
1: Well, it's it's actually a really fun exercise if you have like a a seven to 10 year old to do this with them um, like, God, in be your so life. Fun. like if you're an aunt or an uncle or you have your own kids it's it's pretty fun but basically what you do is you create a list of all the things that you're interested in the things that you like doing and these are like outside of work the things that you find yourself googling when you're procrastinating and <laughs> and the things that your friends ask you for help with so you just create this really long list And then we're going to create what I call weird jobs. So when I was younger, (laughs) I wanted to be, no lie, I wanted to be an astronaut that made spaghetti, right?
0: I mean, who doesn't?
1: How funny would that be with the noodles floating around in space?
0: Yeah. And somehow you get the sauce in there and...
1: Toss it up with the butter? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so of course, along the way, you know, I told my parents that probably and they said well you can either be an astronaut or you can be a chef right and then as i got a little bit older it's like wow well, it's really you know gotta be really good at math to be an astronaut and not that many people go to space and it's really hard to become a chef because the lifestyle and it's a lot of you know competition out there so i'm 10 max and my dreams are crushed <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: someone someone gave you reality quote yeah. unquote yeah
1: and and i always preface that saying that those people are doing it in a way to like teach you and you know keep you safe and on a successful path protect um, you
0: from failure rejection
1: yeah but and so this is actually really funny i had a client i was working with and they told me they sent me a video they made cookies in space so we're
0: almost are you there. serious
1: yeah i'm serious so my dream, I mean, the cool thing coaster. is you
0: wouldn't have a lot of competition for a of <laughs> yeah. making astronaut. There's only, I mean, but there's only one role in there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but what, that's the kind of the idea I want you to have. And then we, we combine through that big list, we pick three different options and we're going to create like weird jobs and you really have to let go of, of what's realistic for you. And create something, you know. So I had a client who liked running, dogs, coffee, and writing. And so with that, we created, uh, you know, any business or job is either like a product or a service, and it's solving a problem for someone. So if you look at it through that kind of lens with your long list, that's a good way to just kind of brainstorm. So one of the things that we came up with were coffee flavored dog treats that can keep your dog running, you know, longer. And like, obviously, that's not necessarily a business idea because I don't think you can give dogs caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, it's just something to start out with. But you play with it.
0: You don't like someone says and you're like, man, that's shit. That's shit.
1: Instead, it's like,
0: cool, dog's (laughs) Dogs are always trying to get into Starbucks and stuff. I get that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and it's really letting go of what's realistic. Cause I think that's where mm. really creative ideas can happen. And Agreed. so you just, you just keep doing that. And we come up with a minimum of 12 jobs, weird jobs. And then we cross-reference them with your values, which we did before that. And then we say, which of these line up with your values? Mm. And that's, that's kind of how you make the decision on which one you want to pursue. And sometimes it'll be like, you know, I want to teach yoga, but I want to make sure I do it outside. And I really love pineapples. And so we're going to try and integrate all those things somehow. So maybe the pineapples are just in your branding, but it's still really true to you and you really love researching pineapples.
0: I love that.
1: <laughs> thank you. It's just really trying I, to get it's, it's
0: so cool because it's so playful. You. Yeah, where you the part of you that gets to play and be is getting to help choose and curate the adult in you can come with the criticisms later, but to, to play. And because as soon as you say, I want to do this thing and someone goes, yeah, but there's so many other people doing that thing. And you're like, not like me. Fuck. Okay. Like (laughs) I I hustle, you know, whenever anyone asks me like, Oh, how do you build a following on Instagram? And I'm like, well, here's exactly how I did it. I'll tell you exactly how it is. Not that complicated. I posted every day, and then I moved to twice a day, and I never missed a day. And I hustled, and I would follow a hashtag and like the hashtag, and I put my heart into my content. And I, as soon as I tell someone that, they're like, "Cool." And literally out of I don't know, I've probably told let's say five hundred people that. I I don't I think I know four people who actually have done that who have actually like stuck with it. Like I've never missed a day in posting. Now I have someone who can schedule them, but in my own personal running of my own business till you don't have enough arms to run everything um, till you have to scale is I never missed a day in four years. So you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing, you know, a lot, I've had people say to me, Oh, well you just got lucky. Like now you're in this place and you have this following. And I'm like, man, you haven't seen all the hours and the time and the <laughs> yeah. things and the heartbreak and the sharing it vulnerably and the like right. the risk that is involved in all of it. And it's obviously very healing to put yourself out into the world in whatever capacity, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Pursuing your own purpose in your own dreams is literally an act of self-love. Even just saying, I'm curious, I want to love my Mondays is an act of self-love because it's it's acceptance. It's accepting the little kid in you who you who you, you stopped letting dream.
1: And that's the biggest hurdle that I have to work with, with clients is getting you to dream. Because people are really like, oh, I want to pay off my student loans. Like, okay, let's go, you know, let's go bigger than that. And that's, it was really shocking to me that that was the the struggle is getting them to kind of dream. It's like, what, what do you really want? Like, what's the big thing that you could, if you could have anything?
0: Mm, I'm staying with my friend right now in Calgary and And, uh, we used to be roommates and he's just such a, he's just a big kid in the way that he shares and loves and all those things. And I remember when we were roommates, uh, he said to me one day, um, let's for this year, let's do everything that was fun when we were five.
1: Amazing.
0: And so I remember we'd be like, if it rained, we put on rubber boots and we jump in the rain. If we, there was snowing, we went, we went tobogganing or sledding, uh, for people who don't use that word. But they, we would go do all these things. And it was such a cool experience because I, I think we forget how important play is, 100%. how important it is. Yeah, And what an important quality to bring forth, not with just within ourselves, but in our parenting, in our relationships, that we just let ourselves have fun again.
1: And the outlook of looking at everything as, as a game or as an experiment and kind of seeing how it, how it goes instead of being so attached to either the outcome or how it has to be in your mind.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like when I first started, I was like, am I going to be a positive psychologist, you know, right. like get a, a, a master's in that, or am I going to do, uh, become a, a consultant in businesses and teach communication there? And, but my, my, ultimate passion was romantic so I felt like I was compromising to do all those things. They were the mm. box jobs of what right. were those things and 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 so as I let go of that I was like, no if I could do anything. So it's really fascinating to have experienced and continue to experience of like someone's like, oh you need to do this now for your brand and I'm like my brand is who I am. I don't need to do anything. yeah okay like fuck that there's and no rule
1: Power is that oh that's so amazing do you, you know?
0: because it's such a different construct when people think of it like it has to look right this way and you're like no it's like, i get messages <laughs> all the time where people are like you know i really love your content well, i get people who say they don't love it but for the most part it will be like i really love your content i think it would be much better if you didn't swear okay. and i'm like cool
1: yeah you're not my people
0: <laughs> yeah and you know it's so fascinating that people want to curate other people to be safe for them. Right. You know, or like we want someone's job to look like this. So we're comfortable living in our myopic box. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine in your experience, I mean, when you were talking about the boundaries before, it's like when we pursue our passions in any area, it doesn't have to be just work. It could just be vulnerability is everyone who does not step towards that will be resistance to you doing that because you remind them of the part of them that they abandoned. Exactly.
1: And it's, you're the mirror now for those things that they didn't accomplish or didn't achieve or didn't try. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> and those people
0: are going to make you mad. That's, or you might shrink because of them. And this uh, yeah. is the invitation to grow. Keep going. That's a sign you're doing good fucking work. <laughs>
1: you're pissing people off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. People are trying to make you go back to who you used to be. That's a sign that what you're doing is working. It's not a fun sign, but it's a sign.
1: It's definitely a hard thing. And I think as long as you're not, you know, obviously hurting other people, then you find the passion and stuff in it, then you have to keep going. And, And that's why really tailoring it to you know, your values, because there are going to be days. And especially if you're starting your own business where it is hard and you're doing it by yourself at the beginning and you want to give up, but you really have to know, like, why am I doing this? And what are the things that light me up and how can I inject them into my day? So one of my values is freedom. But there's obviously some days where I have to be behind my computer and it's normally when I'm doing like bookkeeping or tech stuff and I hate doing those things, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll blare music as loud as I can because that's like a little piece of freedom that I can inject and I'm conscious about it. So I'm consciously injecting a small bit of my values into my day, even though there are some days that I don't want to do the work I have to do.
0: Yeah, I kept clinging to who I want to become is so much more important than who I am, who I have been. And I remember a coach, my first ever coach that I worked with. I was like, oh, I don't know what my message is going to be, and I don't know what da, da da da. And they said he was with a friend at the time, and the friend said to me, "I found my voice by using it," and so that allowed me this fluid freedom to change as I changed. And my coach said to me, how arrogant of you to believe that your work is for you. And I was like, Oh (laughs) fuck. And he's like, every day that you don't step towards what you're here to do, you do not share the gifts you've been given to help someone who needs you. And I was like, Oh God,
1: (laughs) no pressure.
0: Yeah. So then I was like, Oh wow! Like the the level of commitment to yeah. actually not only helping oneself through expansion, but creating community and and mm. and allowing other people to be seen as I allowed myself to be seen. So right. it's like through self, you know, it's like save yourself, save the world. To heal yourself, heal the world.
1: Yeah.
0: And and that was such a kick right in the proverbial junk because it was like, oh, this shit's real. Yeah. And that's more important than all my bullshit and all my excuses and all the reasons I have not to start.
1: I and so, love that. that is
0: so so cool. what step is step four? The
1: Step four is, you know, depends if you want to do the business track, like it, as in start your own business, or if you want to go find a job and be you know, an entrepreneur because I think that's the way things are going to is the idea of you, even if you're working for someone else, you treat it like it's your own business, right? And so step four is your next 30 days. So whichever track you decide to do, I'm going to give you the steps because we need a roadmap and we need to get rid of all the clutter of, you know, do I need a logo and a website? It's like, no, you don't need that at first.
0: Yeah, we do definitely <laughs> get caught in those details.
1: And then, so that step four is, you know, the next month, what are the actionable steps that you can take to kind of continue to make that forward motion and really figure it out.
0: That's awesome. So I'm curious, what are some, like, it sounds like you have an accountant turned beekeeper. So that's yeah. a pretty cool one. What are some other ones that are really fun or cool? Or...
1: I had another cool one and that's, she was the coffee bean running dog girl. Um, She worked for Walmart in the States, but in the head office, she like set up the design of their wine sections. It's very specific. Wow. But it was like in Walmart across across the States. So that's what she did. But she really liked, and you you want to get really specific. So you're not going to write just music. You're going to write, I like going to live shows. I like researching bands. I like, so all those, you know, it's as specific as you can get. And she liked running. She wanted to be near her dog and she loved coffee. So she ended up becoming a writer for a music blog, like magazine, like an online magazine. And we incorporated that she would go and work from a new coffee shop once a week so that she would get that other injection of the coffee piece in there.
0: That's awesome. And who knows what that brings her, who she meets. Exactly. She puts herself into places she never would have been, which that alters your life.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: So altering of your life. Mm -hmm. and what a cool thing that is.
1: Yeah. And then, you know what? I do have people, and if you're listening to this, you might not want this result, but I have people that end up staying at their jobs and they've just learned to be happy and they've learned how to inject, you know, their values into their life and their work. And so they aren't actually unhappy at work. It's not about the job. (laughs)
0: I I have a friend who uh, when I was asking him like hey what do you you know if you could do anything what would you do and he said back to me look man I I don't want to save the world like you do I just want to <laughs> go to work I really enjoy travel my work affords me travel he work for an airline my work affords me travel I can fly wherever I want I make good money and that's it and I'm like fucking amazing that's perfect you know? yeah
1: and and it was a great boundary. Exactly. Yeah, you don't need your whole everything to be um, this big monumental save the world thing. I'm a bit more on that side as well. But there are some people that want to work for the lifestyle that it provides them, and that's
0: fine. And the certainty and the security, and that is so okay.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I think when we aspire to be like, I think when they ask young people, like, what is the job? when I say young, like 18, 17, (laughs) 19, when you ask, like, what is the job you would do if you could do anything? And they're like, be an influencer. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what do you want to influence? Do you want to influence what kind of bikini people buy? Or do you want to influence what kind of foods people eat? Mm -hmm. Like, we do have to get specific, but it's funny because in that, just like, I want to be an influencer is the pursuit of a lifestyle,
1: exactly. the
0: pursuit of a lifestyle and often a very glamorized lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone has seen uh, the Instagram account influencers in the wild.
1: I am obsessed with it. <laughs> oh my
0: God. It's so funny and highly annoyingly funny. Yeah. Like you see people, I saw one the other day that was shared. That's how I found the account of this girl posing on the end of a dock where people are having dinner, like yeah, people are having I like a romantic dinner and she's like in her G string, which Hey, G strings for it. the win. I, I don't give a shit, but it was like, so funny to watch all these people uncomfortably like having dinner and this chick in chicken, <laughs> skimpy yeah. bikini. And I was just laughing thinking like there was a couple in the video that are like, you know, of course the guy and the girl are like, uh, you know, this app this this charcuterie board's excellent. It came with a couple <laughs> extra buns. Hey
1: dinner, dinner and a show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. It was just really funny. Anyways, that bring it back to like that specificity
1: mm-hmm.
0: of yeah, allow yourself to dream. I'm not shitting on you if you want to become an influencer. I just think influence with value, and that's not to say that even my perspective of what value is, what value means to you.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. So if you want to be a fashion influencer, perfect. But what's your no what's your message? Is it sustainable fashion? I hope so. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) things like that, that you can, and you'll find your people that way too, by getting more specific. So even as like a business model, like that's what you should be doing, right? It's, it's getting really specific with, with what you want to (laughs) influence.
0: And, and as you said, being okay, that how you thought it was going to look and what you thought you wanted is not actually what you wanted. Because that is just valuable information you gather on the way.
1: Yeah. You're not done.
0: You don't start over. You continue. It's
1: a journey. Yeah. And people get so attached to these decisions. So should I quit my job or not? Right. And it's once you get that happiness piece down, you're going to know that like, I'm going to have a dope life no matter what, if I become a nurse or if I become a teacher, if I become an influencer, I'm going to have a great life. And that I think that takes a lot of the pressure off of that decision.
0: Well, in the act of living that life, you have a mm-hmm. great life. You know, yeah. it's the, the victory is never in the outcome. It's in the process. You know, it's in this, it's in who you become. Mm-hmm. It's in how you show up, the values, alignment to values. If you are aligned fake, with your values, fake, fake. you will live a <laughs> fucking good life. Amen. Oh my God. You will be free because you will no longer be oscillating around to other people's values. And reacting to their values. You'd be just standing in the truth of your own, laying down some badass boundaries. Yeah. And just collecting checks. Nah, that might have <laughs> been an exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Collecting self-worth checks. Right. You know, and that in this process is this huge leap that goes from I need other people's approval of what I choose to none of that actually matters because you're not going to get their approval. I promise you that's that's the test is can you stand in the face of disappointing other people and, and be in your own values and your own worth? Because if that's where you start to cultivate your own worth from your own choices and who you're being, and you'll notice that it actually doesn't matter what they think. It will stop mattering what other people think when it matters what you think about you
1: yeah, more exactly.
0: and you honor it. So how do people begin to, how do they find you so they can love their Mondays and get this shit going? Cause I'm <laughs> sure they're like, show. that's awesome, but now we want that, more.
1: Um, I do a daily shot, like a shot of coffee, but it's a hey like daily, daily tip that you can easily implement on Instagram every day. So at love your Mondays and they're like easy to implement career tips because again, I think the small things really add up. So Instagram at love your Mondays, and then my website, which is where you can find info on the program and some other stuff, more about me, is loveyourmundays.co.
0: co. Okay, not dot perfect. Ca well,
1: or not.com because that was like five grand. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it is dot co.
0: Awesome. Well, the thank you so much for sharing this because for so many people, that journey to authentic expression is such a challenging one, and to even figure out what you want to do with your life is. It's such an ominous, big question. And so many of us will change what we want to do over our lifetime. So it's so beautiful that through your own desire and courage that you've created this awesome,
1: very simple format. Yeah, it's a, and that's, I think people need to, you know, when people talk about your superpower, it's like, I can look at a problem and then break down the steps that you need to figure it out. And that's basically what I, what I kind of did for this.
0: That is the mind of a pipetter. <laughs> that is. <laughs>
1: I'm changing all my bios now. a yeah, yeah, pipetter.
0: Well, that's systemized, organized way so that then someone else can just step right into the steps in the system. I mean, that's beautiful. So thank you for sharing today. I know that this will be incredibly helpful to so many people. And for those of you listening, go check out Mackenzie's stuff, loveyourmondays.co and at loveyourmondays on Instagram. And if this is in any way woken up just a hint, just a cell that says, oh, please follow that nudge. Please do. Please go follow her and really check out her stuff and invest in yourself. Because it's the best investment is to say, and act of self-love is to say, okay, I'm willing to listen. Mm -hmm. So bam. Bam. Thanks. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you.